The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but it is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are try just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles because the light is not with him. He said this and then told them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death. Well, they thought that he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still there where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the Gospel today, we heard this long story, but powerful and moving story of the raising of Lazarus to life. It's interesting that we're hearing this Gospel a week before the beginning of Holy Week. Next Sunday, actually next weekend, is Palm Sunday already. It's interesting that we are hearing this so close to Holy Week because it gives us or it provides us a window of what Christ will gonna be doing for each and every one of you, each and every one of us on the cross. He is giving us life, new life, not just to Lazarus, but each and every one of us when he gives himself entirely to the Father on the cross. But let's look at the fine details of the gospel today because the details are so rich that it moves us also to a deeper reflection of what's going on with our own spiritual life. We all know this close relationship between Jesus and the sisters Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So Jesus, uh, so Martha and Martha and Mary must have felt that Jesus had let them down, you know, for not arriving on time. Even the other people who were familiar with the situation even asked towards the end, what did the other people say? Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? 
This is probably also the sentiments of Mary and Martha. You had been all over the place helping people. But hey, we're your best buddies. And you have forgotten about us. You know, humanly speaking, you know, I probably would not be able to blame them. C could you imagine if I would be ministering in, you know, like in different parishes and I'm not taking care of my own house here? <laughs> what would you feel? It's like you have been all over the place except your own house. And there's just humanly speaking, right? And also, even the name itself of Lazarus lends us a question. You know what's the meaning of the name Lazarus is etymologically? There is this two people here who were at the, who were at the vigil last night, so, and I preached the same thing, but I'm not going to put them on the spot. <laughs> what's the meaning of the name Lazarus in Hebrew? In Hebrew, it means God is my help. That's the meaning of the name Lazarus. And looking at the situation here, uh, probably we ask and people ask, it's like, where is God's help on this? Where is God's help? It seems that God has forgotten Lazarus. God has forgotten the plea of Martha and Mary. And one thing also that is so striking in here which we need to pay attention to, one of the small details is that we were told, we were told that Lazarus was already in the tomb for four days. For four days. And what was the belief of the Jews during the time of Jesus on this? The Jews believed in their culture and in their tradition that after three days, the soul has already left the body. Meaning, that's it. That's the end of it. You can no longer revive it. Meaning, that thing is not a person, it's a cadaver. Because the soul has already left the body. So, they were like, just beside themselves, there's nothing that we can do about this. There's nothing that we can do. But when we think that everything is said and done, when everything is finalized, when all hopes are just dashed, then we see the power of God. <laughs> then we see the glory of God at work. You know, just remember those times when you have already thrown the towel, when you yourself have given up on yourself and say, okay, this is it. Just remember that time when you had that diagnosis. It's like, what's going to happen with my life? And then suddenly I was just hearing this. Can I share it? Okay. I was given the permission. When, you know, the doctor originally said, you had this. And then you're probably thinking, this is probably my end. And then after a second round of checkup, the doctor said, this is a miracle. You have no cancer. There's no trace at all. And Mad Madeline was just sharing that with me. 
just before Mass today. You know, when we think that that's it already, and then God suddenly changed the panorama. You know, I was just filled with great joy when I was hearing Mrs. Westerman share this to me before Mass. And it's so special that she's the one who actually read today, and this message is proclaimed to her because it's just so much alive in her experience. There is already stench. You know, I was teaching RCAA this morning, and we were discussing this, and, and we were watching a video, and there is this mosaic, this icon of, of, of this, and Jesus was right there, right in front of the tomb, and the people behind him were doing this. We're doing like this. There was a stench. I was actually like funny, but also powerful. And Jesus was not covering his nose. He can deal with our own stench. Sometimes I could not even deal with my own. <laughs> it's very repulsive, but thanks be to God. There's someone who is so incredibly patient, someone who is not going to give up on us, someone who actually believes in your integrity, in your identity, because he sees you with a unique set of eyes. You know, who will not going to be in love with a God like that? Tombs, you know, I've said this be before, you know, tombs are, are powerful images for me. It speaks of isolation. It speaks of, like, the end. But God can take you out from any kind of tombs that we find ourselves into. One thing that I've mentioned before is that, you know, sometimes these tombs can even be so comfortable that we willingly just stay there. And it's like, oh, I know I struggle with this, but I just, there's com this is comfy. You know, if I try to get out of this, I don't know what's out there for me, what's going to require of me. But God is actually asking us, is telling us, I have something so much better that you could not imagine, a new life for you. You know, I'm reflecting on this and asking myself, you know, what tombs have I willingly interred myself into that isolates me from the love of God and from the love of my neighbor? It can be addiction, it can be anger, it can be unforgiveness, it can be whatever. And sometimes you say, oh, I've been dealing with this for so long. I, I'm okay with it. But it keeps us from experiencing the kind of life that God wants us, that God wants 
for us. You know, one thing too that is so striking for me about this, this gospel is, you know, God commissions other people to experience his transformative power. You know, if I were Jesus, and you know, I, with me, I'm, I'm, I'm big on efficiency. And some, sometimes people will say, why don't you just let other people do it? It's just like, okay, I'm just going to do it because if it's not done right, then I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be impatient. Then it's not good. <laughs> but Jesus always commissions people, asks people to collaborate with him, even in the gospel today. If I were Jesus, I would have just demonstrated to the people who were doubting him, you know, when he said, take away the stone. Well, I'm God. I'm just going to say, stone, move. It's like having a remote control in my hand. Stone, move to the side. But he said, roll away the stone. Take away the stone. He asked people, people who were doubting him, people who were questioning why he came so late to be part of this transformation that Lazarus will experience. He commissioned other people and say, unbind him. Remove the burial cloths that, that's wrapping him. You know, I ask myself, you know, do I have those people in my life where I could call and say, oh, by the way, I'm in a tomb right now and the lock is outside and there's no way I could roll the stone from the inside. Can you roll the stone for me so that I can get out? And do I have people in my life who will actually help me or unbind me because I am so bound that there is no way I could free myself. And you can be that person to people. You don't have to be all for everyone, but a little part is important for the experience of this transformation and power. You know, I have people in my life that I could identify who are, go, who are so good in rolling the stone for me. And that's their only role. I have only people in my life who their great participation is to unbind me. And they're not going to be so good in rolling the stone. We don't have to do it all for people. But God continues to ask us, what can you do to be an instrument of life? Finally, you know, and this is something that I learned from the RCA class this morning. One of the speakers in the video said, what's so interesting about this with the invitation of Jesus for Lazarus to go out of the tomb is that Lazarus could have said no. Lazarus, come out. I'm okay here. I'm okay here. 
I don't want to hang out with my sisters. <laughs> I had enough of that. <laughs> Meaning, you know, God doesn't force us in as much as He wants us to have this eternal life. He gives you the freedom. He gives us the freedom to say yes or no. He doesn't force you. But hopefully, we realize what we're missing by saying no. Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Is that the command that you want to hear from Christ? From whatever enslavement or tombs we have entered into. Let's look forward for this holy week. You know, it's a celebration of God's love for each and every one of us. And He gave His life so that we may get out from any kind of tombs that we find ourselves into right now. Roll away the stone. Come out from the tomb.